Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. Now, I'm pretty sure this is probably going to be one of my most controversial podcasts to date. Yeah, however, someone has to say it, and it may as well be me. This hobby is not cheap, is it? I mean, it's not necessarily expensive either. It can be, you know, filters, fishes, plants, aquariums, all that stuff can add up. It's downright pricey. And there are ways to save money, and not all of them involve waiting for the local fish store to have a big sale. There are ways to DIY things, you know, do it yourself, and those are great. Over the years, hobbyists have been really good at being resourceful about how to make their hobby more affordable. Love that. No problem with that. Yet I still go back and forth with this stuff. I sometimes have mixed feelings about the idea of saving money and doing stuff quickly. However, I continue to see a lot of articles, forum discussions, Reddit posts, and hear podcasts which spend a ton of time and bandwidth helping the hobbyists find cheap alternatives to some typical hobby industry products and DIY type or Amazon generic substitution type versions of things that you'd purchase from hobby related companies. Now, before you accuse me of being some butthurt vendor calling out everybody that wants to make their hobby more affordable as cheap, let me clarify. I think it's pretty cool that we're so resourceful as hobbyists, and I'm absolutely 100% for keeping your hobby as affordable as possible. And sometimes that does mean utilizing substitutes and alternative stuff for more expensive hobby equipment and such. Who the hell am I to judge this? I mean, for goodness sake, I sell twigs and leaves and some stuff you can collect from yourself for the empty field down the street. In fact, on several occasions, I've recommended that you do so right here in this podcast and blog. So even though the tone of this piece might be a little bit slanted towards a slightly less sympathetic position, rest assured that I'm approaching this from a hobbyist position, not a vendor's point of view. I don't feel threatened by people doing things themselves or uh, trying to save money on stuff. That's not what this is about. Looking for ways to save money on your hobby, particularly in financially challenging times, is never a bad thing. However, I think it's in the how and why part of this approach where I sometimes get wrinkled or rankled or whatever you want to call it there's like a whole subculture in the hobby who you know it's a subculture of people in the hobby who will go out of their way to develop hacks to save money almost above all else i'll come out and say it some not all of these so-called money-saving ideas and shortcut approaches are just stupid and cheap want some examples well here's one i hear from time to time uh, you know i'm really into uh, brackish water aquariums and Um, It's something I'm very passionate about, and we featured them a lot here over the years. I've literally heard recommendations from so-called experts to utilize table salt or kosher salt instead of marine salt mix for brackish water tanks. Like, why would you want to do this? To save a few dollars, which is literally all you'll be doing, you'll skip over a carefully formulated batch-tested aquarium-specific salt designed to precisely replicate the composition of natural seawater, which is one of the things that brackish water is, diluted seawater, with its complement of trace elements and minerals in favor of something that you'd use in cooking. Sorry, I think this is just short-sighted and, well, stupid. It is, but I, I see that stuff all the time. Like, how much money will you save using table salt over the long run when you're essentially shortchanging your fishes by not providing them with the levels of trace elements and buffers and such, which are found in the marine salt mixes? Exchanging their health to take some half-witted shortcut goes against so much of what we in the hobby claim to value. Now, I hear the angry rebuttal already. But yeah, Scott, that's all well and good, but not everybody can afford to pay $15 for a bag of marine salt mix when the table salt is more affordable and makes the hobby more accessible to a wider range of hobbyists. Again, I kind of call bullshit on that. Really. 
I dare say that the hobby is kind of pricey. And quite frankly, if you can't afford to do it right, to create a system that provides for the basic health of your animals correctly, just don't do it. Ouch. I know, I know. Tough words, right? Well, here's the thing. It sounds like, again, I know it sounds like vendor hate speak, but it's reality in my humble opinion. And again, I'm thinking as a hobbyist here, not a vendor. Yeah, I'm sympathetic to the economic realities of the hobby and its place in our lives. I've been in it literally since I was a toddler. Like so many, I've you know, faced economic challenges before. I understand. I felt the frustration of being budget restricted and not being able to afford stuff in a hobby that I wanted at the time. And guess what? I learned one thing in the decades in this hobby that is completely consistent. The hobby is pricey. Sometimes I feel that it's simply better to wait until you can afford to do things right before you jump in with some partially funded, incompletely equipped aquarium effort. Shortcuts in the hobby almost always have a trade-off. And the trade-off is often success and the danger to your fish's lives. I saw this in the reef side of the hobby a ton. I saw many, many, many cobbled together quote-unquote reef tanks over the years that were simply fundamentally under-equipped to properly maintain live corals on a sustainable basis for any length of time. And the owners continuously had challenges and issues with their systems and more importantly with their animals. And in many cases, they ended up redoing their systems with, you know, expensively down the line to get it right, or they simply quit. The underlying narrative that people love to push about the reef aquarium hobby is that it's super expensive. Well, yeah, it can be. That's a fact. If you go for the highest end protein skimmers, pumps, controllers, etc., you could spend as much as you would on a new car. That's no exaggeration. I've seen it. I've done it. On the other hand, you can absolutely properly equip a reef aquarium by simply buying good quality equipment and employing it correctly. You don't have to have every single gadget known to man. You don't have to have the very best computer controlled, Wi-Fi enabled light system, etc. And guess what? You can always opt for a 50 gallon reef tank instead of a 180 gallon reef tank. Or you can study, learn, and accumulate the money until you can afford to do it correctly. I know, I know, that's the least attractive approach, but it makes a lot of sense. Well, of course, study is never popular with some people either. A lot of hobbyists simply want to skip to, you know, step one and skip right to step three. To step three, and there's this extremely downsized idea that's been floating around the nano thing. Uh, the old idea of a nano reef, or even a nano tank in freshwater, but we'll focus on reefs because that's where I'm getting. That makes the best point, I think. Here, the old idea of a nano reef was just, to me, an absurd exercise in trying to put a square peg in a round hole. What you do is you under-equip an already too small for most hobbyists to manage successfully system in an attempt to make the hobby more accessible to hobbyists who can't have a larger, pricier system. I mean, I get it. It's great to give a lot of people an allegedly affordable entree into the hobby. It's also great to teach them how to responsibly care for their animals in a sustainable manner. Predictably, the old ways of doing nano reef tanks didn't do much to achieve either. Fortunately, manufacturers eventually caught up with the idea and created properly equipped systems, which, although more expensive than their death trap you know, ancestors, actually do accomplish these things. Today's nano reef systems are actually a viable, less expensive alternative to huge pricey reef systems, and the technique has evolved with it. But the, make no doubt, the hobby is pricey. Yeah, I sell leaves and other natural materials, none of which are, you know, are made in a factory. You know, leaves are made, are, are, you know, in, by nature. Leaves are one thing you can collect by yourself, of course. If you have a source, yeah, you can and you should gather your own when you can. It makes sense. Yeah, that's pretty easy to understand. Of course, if you don't have a source, you can always buy them from us or some other guy that's out there. There's plenty of them popping up now. Of course, 
When you're talking about trying to adapt equipment and such, which was intended for uses other than aquariums, which may not require the level of accuracy, long-term reliability, or durability that our hobby requires, it's just not always such a great idea. It just isn't. Again, you can adapt all sorts of stuff, you know, plastic containers, certain furniture, even lighting in some instances for aquarium use. We do it all the time. Culturing live food or making your own frozen fish food is a good idea. We all do these kinds of things, even me, and that's fine. However, you need to think big picture when doing this and make sure that what you're using can work safely and effectively for an extended period of time. Equipment is one area where cheap is dear more often than we'd like it to be. Yet the overriding attitude, the bigger picture which prevails in this kind of approach is way scarier to me than you know using a, uh, you know, a less expensive product or something that's been adapted for aquarium use. It's even scarier. I see this attitude on forums and in other hobby groups all the time. Hobbyists with a mindset which justifies entering into an area of the hobby as inexpensively as possible. No, let's call it what it is, as cheaply as possible. For example, you know, African lake, rift lake cichlids, discus, or reef aquariums, they're not something you go into on the cheap because when you do, the long-term results almost always suck. And to ensure proper care of your fishes, you need to make some infrastructure investments to do it right. You just do. To try to cheap out and not make these investments is not only a bad mindset, it simply sets you up for potential difficulties. It perpetuates the idea that you can sort of get an easy in to otherwise investment-heavy areas of the hobby by going cheaply and skipping over some of the expensive infrastructure required to adequately ensure success. Shortcuts. And shortcuts suck. You wouldn't use a length of Velcro in place of a seatbelt in your car, right? Nor would you extract your own tooth, although, hey, you just grab a household pliers and pull, right? So why would you take big shortcuts with your fish's lives? To save money, Scott, you freaking idiot. Yes, I can hear that now. Sure, you'll save money in the short term, and you'll risk your fish's lives continuously until you do it right, and probably spend more money simply trying to fix things that should have been done correctly in the first place. Is that a good trade-off for you? Now, look, I get it. There's a lot of people that do things inexpensively because of circumstance and whatever, and, and that's okay, and I understand that. But to try to teach this in our hobby culture that it's okay, you know, every time a new product or a new idea comes out, people are looking for a way to hack it, do it cheaply, whatever. And maybe that's a good thing, but it's also a bad thing because doing things inexpensively is not always the best move. Doing things in a manner which eschews procedure and learning and education is not always a good thing. My advice, well, my plea to you, just wait until you can afford to do it right before you venture into these specialty areas of the hobby that require serious cash outlay for proper equipment. Patience again. Why not slow down, save the money required, and or acquire good used equipment from a fellow hobbyist to get started correctly? What's the rush? Besides, buying used quality stuff is a great way to get equipment and supplies affordably and it has the added benefit of helping out a fellow hobbyist who's moved on to something else. Look, I hate to be the person out there shouting on this stage, but someone needs to put this thought out there. No one's doing it. Saving money is good. DIY is good when you can do it correctly. However, taking every possible angle to do stuff cheaply and quickly is just a bad strategy for long-term success in the hobby, in my humble opinion. Because the hobby is pricey. Properly designed equipment, quality aquariums, and carefully selected fishes do cost a lot of money sometimes. High-tech powerheads or water pumps often contain pricey technological components which make them work well. Low iron glass aquariums cost a lot of money to procure the raw ingredients for and to manufacture properly. 
Healthy, attractive, properly handled wild-caught fishes cost a lot of money to import, ship, and maintain before they even get to you. The fisher folk in the countries where our fishes come from need to be paid properly for their work so they value the environments and the habitats and can provide for their families. Championship guppies, shrimp, betas, and discus cost a lot of money, time, and effort for the breeder to produce. They're not cheap. Mass imported, poorly handled, genetically inferior specimens don't. Hobbyists will scream about the plight of natural habitats and how it's bad to rape the reefs to collect fishes or corals, yet they simply won't pay for $30, $30 for a captive bred version of the wild fish they can get for $16. I saw this all the time when I was in the coral end of the trade. It was real sort of a hypocrisy, really. I literally saw some of the world's leading uh, purveyors of captive bred marine specimens not able to sell their captive bred fish because people didn't want to pay the $25 for that captive bred version when they can get the wild caught, potentially reef damaging uh, collected version for only, you know, seven or $8. But yet people will stand up indignantly in Facebook groups and say how, the, you know, we're, we need to do better. We need to do more, but they won't support that. These are a, sort of a hypocrisy and yet there's sort of a reality. This isn't something I'm thrilled to push in your face, but it's important to say it. We've all spent a fortune over the years on our fave hobby, and that's just part of the game. Sure, there's always ways to do it right and still save money for those willing to do the research and put in the time and the work. However, for those who are not, you have two choices. Take the cheap, easy route and use some shortcuts and understand that you may not get great long-term results and you may ultimately have to replace your inferior choices. Or you can save up until you have the means to do it correctly. Or you can downscale your ambitions somewhat. I know... To many, I sound like a complete ass here, but you know what? That's okay. Personally, I'm kind of tired of having to fix problems caused by completely avoidable mistakes and unforced errors made by hobbyists who, eyes wide open, knowing the downsides, made the conscientious choice to take the quicker, easier, less expensive route. That's not going to make me popular with many. I'm sure it could have been a bit more deft or soft in my argument here. However, I want to go on the record and state this without ambiguity. The hobby is pricey. Yet so are a lot of things that we love, collect, and play with. And so are a lot of endeavors that we engage in. Most worthwhile things are. We may not like it that way, but that's a reality. Those of us in the hobby and industry need to do a better job of painting a realistic picture of how to do things correctly in the hobby. And sometimes that's not doing stuff the cheapest, fastest, easiest way. Sometimes it involves hard work, expensive uh, equipment, and patience to achieve good results. That's just a reality, isn't it? It just is. Because when we continuously push the narrative of doing stuff as inexpensively and quickly as possible, we potentially damage not only the culture of the hobby, we risk losing the very hobbyists that we're trying to welcome into it. That, to me, is truly pricey. Stay diligent. Stay optimistic. Stay enthusiastic. Stay educated. Stay patient. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Bellman. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.